started. We know there's not a lot of seats, so uh, grab a you know, floor or whatever. It's okay. It's okay to get close to each other. Yeah. If we really need to, we'll, we'll open the window and it'll be like that. But I guess I'll just we'll stand here in this Walk around. Um, but uh, let's pray. Can I have a brother pray for us? Yeah, go for it. All right. Uh, the start is. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. This thank you for allowing us to just even make it here, um, safely, Lord. I'm so glad to be here. See all my brothers with me. Um, coming far wide from across the southeast, Lord. I just pray that you bless the speakers and may us all learn something from this lesson, Lord. We love you in your name and your glory. Amen. 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 Uh, awesome. It's uh, this is the class is learning to dream, and uh, if you were looking for another class, uh, you're welcome to leave. No one's feelings will be hurt. But uh, let's go to Ephesians chapter three. Amen. I'm Kendall. Uh, this will be our, our theme passage for uh, for our lesson is here in Ephesians 3 and verse 20. And uh, it's a great passage even just to memorize. Hopefully a lot of you guys have it memorized. Uh, it's locked in, so this is uh, will be a great reminder. But it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to the power that works that is worked within us, to him be glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Uh, you know, what we're, what, what's going to happen is I'm going to talk a little bit about, if we want to learn to dream, you know, we go, okay, what's my dream? But the first thing we want to talk about is, you know, what's God's dream for our lives? And then J.D.'s going to talk about, well, how do we find our dream within God's dream? And uh, because the whole world is dreaming right now. You know, everyone, you know, they have dreams for their business, they have dreams for, you know, you know certain political Things are pushing the dreams for you know their life or the you know the significant. Everyone has certain dreams in their life, whether they're spiritual or not. But as disciples, as people who want to follow Jesus, we want our dreams to be within God's dream. You know, we want to be able to to be able to catch. And I, I think it's learned dream. But I don't really think it's catching God's dream is really what we want. We want to be men who catch the dream and run with it and make it our own and uh, and really find okay. Well, this is what God's looking for me within what his dream is. Yeah. So let's, if we're talking about, okay, what is God's dream? Let's start in the beginning. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Yeah. You know, what's amazing is that God didn't take very long to have a vision for you. It didn't take God very long to have a plan and an expectation and a dream for what your life was going to be like. <laughs> In fact, from the very beginning, God had a vision for you. In Genesis chapter 3, in verse 20, it says, wow, this is not what I want. Um, give me a second. <clears throat> Yeah, that, I wrote it down wrong. There we go. Um, <coughs> Come on, Kendall. You got it wrong. 
all good. Finding the dream. Finding the dream. Um, all right. Go to Genesis chapter 1. There we go. In verse 26. You know, sometimes you have a dream for what you want to say, and you write it down wrong, and it stays in that dream state. All right. Genesis 1 in verse 26 is this thing God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, and the whole earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God, and he created the male and female. You know, the word here, when he says, he says this word over and over, he says image, right? Mm -hmm. He says man in our image. And the word here is this word for icon or idol. And uh, like if you were to make an idol of a god, it, what he's saying here is let's make man in our image. What he's saying, let's make man as, a, as an idol, as an icon of me. Mm. And so from the very beginning, God's vision for your life was that you would be a miniature representation of him. That you would be like an icon so that the whole creation would see God when they looked at you, when they looked at us. That from the very beginning, this was God's vision for us. You know, he, he says here that, that, they, that we will rule over the fish in the air, the birds in the sky, the livestock, that God's... <coughs> Goal in us being icons that we be like him, but that we would rule like him in his way, in his likeness. Mm -hmm. That our, our, God's goal was not for us just to be here and to be, you know, another part of creation, but for us to rule in his way of ruling. That our, 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 his goal for our life was to be reflections of him. And so as, if you think about your dream, and Jay's going to talk about this, the, the first thing is, okay, what, what's going to be my dream? Is to realize, okay, well, my dream needs to be in line with how I reflect God the most. How can I be an icon to all of creation? How can I be a reflection to all of creation of who he is? This is God's vision for you. So then we know that, that very quickly into the story that we messed this up, right? And God was like, I want you to rule in my manner. I want you to be like me and, and be reflections of me. And we said, no, God, I don't want to do it your way. I want to rule in my own way. I don't want to be a reflection of you. I want to be an image of me. And we know that when Seth was born, it said Seth was made in Adam's image. And so the first thing that happens is instead of being made in God's image, we started making ourselves as images of each other. And we mess this up and we start, and we really ruin this aspect of we stopped catching God's vision and we started creating our own. Let's go to Exodus. Amen. And so then God was okay. And he had to change course a little bit here. and uh, But it didn't change too much. Exodus 19. Israel is in Egypt, and, and God uh, sends a bunch of 
miracles and, and plagues, and, and then eventually brings Israel out of slavery, uh, out of Egypt, into, uh, you know, through the Red Sea and into the desert. And, and, and Moses is talking here, and uh, he's, God just delivered, recently delivered all of Israel. And so he, he's talking to these now former slaves, these people who, who had no vision for their life, and now we're coming into this, okay, now what do we do? Now that we actually have a say in what we do. In Exodus 19 and verse 3, Moses went up to the mountain of God, and the Lord called him from the mountain. This is what you must say to the house of Jacob and explain to the Israelites. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now if you will carefully listen to me and keep my covenant, you will be my possession out of all the peoples, although the whole earth is mine, and you will be my kingdom of priests and my holy nation. These are the words that you are to say to the Israelites. So God creates this plan and goes, okay, man, you're going to be my image, but now he gets a little more specific. That God has, has really two plans for all of our lives, and really, even when you go back to Ephesians 3, it says, that you want, it says to him be glory in the church. And the truth of the matter is that God's vision for, for your life is in, within the communal, is a communal vision. That God has a communal vision for us. That the church, that, that his people, that his communities will be reflections of him. But then here he says here, he says that, these, that the church, that, that my people, will be, there will be a kingdom of priests. And so God's vision is that we will be people, the priests were people who connected others to God. They were the ones who did the sacrifices. They, they went into the Holy of Holies. They were the one that purified the people and brought the people into communion with God. And so God's vision for our life, God's dream for, for us is that we will be people who bring the world back into communion yeah. with Him. Wow. That that is God's dream. That's his first of these two truths. Is that he wants you to be a priest. Mm. He wants you to be someone who brings the world back in to communion with him. You know, the second thing he says here is that he says you'll be a holy nation. And most of you guys probably know a holy nation. A holy means where it's set apart or set above mm -hmm. or separated. And so God wants his people, his vision, his dream is that his people will not be like the rest of the world. But they'll be set apart. They'll wow. be different. Mm -hmm. They'll be separated. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily in, ge in geography. That was never his plan. If you ever look, It's not that, okay, you're going to be set apart geographically. Mm -hmm. It's you're going to be set apart in your very nature. Yeah. In your character. And, and who you are and what you look like. To everyone else. You'll be set apart. You will look nothing like the rest of the world. You know, and, and as you think about it, right, both these things play in, they're, they're, they're parallel to God's vision of being icons. Yeah. That, that God wanted us to be reflections of Him. Now the whole world we see is a reflection of each other. We're just like each other. We're modeling each other. Philosophy is this ever-increasing human knowledge, right? How can we each individual increase in our, in our mindsets, right? In, in our personal spirituality, in our personal godness, right? And, 
And so that's what the world looks like. That's what the world to, you know, is modeling. It's modeling after itself, trying to evolve itself. And God wants us to be set apart. I want you to stop looking like humans in our beastly nature mm. and now look like God. Mm. Reflect God. Yeah. You know that this is, this is God's, I think sometimes, and I, I don't think I'm, I'm, I hope I don't just tear down everything J.D.'s going to say right here, <laughs> but uh, God's dream and vision for your life is not always as specific as we often make it out to be. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And I think this is an important thing. For me, I feel like this is really important because yeah. God wants you to be a priest and to be holy and to be part of his community, right? He wants you to reflect him. God doesn't necessarily, not to qualify, doesn't necessarily care wh which job you get. Mm -hmm. Like, he doesn't necessarily care whether you have one career in your life or 30 right. careers in your life. He doesn't care whether you work at McDonald's right. or whether you work for, you know, a Fortune 500 company as a CEO. Right. That's not necessarily God's, like, God has that, like, this is it. And it's not necessarily that God has a specific location he wants you to live in or right. a specific person he wants you to marry or, or anything like that. I think we can often, I think there's something within our culture, we've learned this aspect that God has this very narrow path of exactly the humanistic steps you have to take in life. Mm. Wow. But the truth is, he does have a narrow path, but it has much more to do with righteousness exactly. and holiness. Yeah. And, That's you know, on the money, bro. Um, wow. And what can happen is, in our search, okay, i got to have a dream for God, which is important, is that we go, okay, well, what is God's dream? Does God want me to go here or to go there? Does God want me to take this job that pays me this much money or this job that pays me this much money? And, and we get so caught up in these very finite, specific things wow. that really the truth of the matter is God's like, well, which one, go, which one makes you more a priest? Which one makes you more holy? Wow. Pick that one. Are both make you holy and a priest? Cool, pick either. You know? Mm -hmm. That's generally, as I read the scriptures and I dig in, that's generally God's vision. Mm -hmm. Is he, he has a plan and he wants us to, to be able to navigate within it. Mm -hmm. To be able to free flow within it. Mm -hmm. And I bring this up as, for me, when I, um, when I was graduating from high school, I, I, was, I was a wrestler and I was trying to go to college to wrestle and I had these different scholarships lined up and and so I was praying, and I, I was fasting, and I was, I was, okay, where, God, do you want me? Where, what's the specific place? Make it, I was like, God, make it super obvious. The exact school you want me to be at, that, that is, this is your plan. And I prayed for months and months, and, and like a year and a half, I was praying and fasting and, and crossing ones off and, and moving ones up. And, and then, I went to, then I went to Boston University on a wrestling scholarship, and I went there, and and uh, two months into school, they pulled my scholarship and sent me home. And because I couldn't pass the medical checks and I had too many concussions. And so for the next year, I really wrestled with God because I had this false doctrine that I was like, God, why would, if this was in your plan, then this wouldn't have happened. And so because this happened, I must have been in sin. I must have missaw your plan for my life because... It, why would you have won, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, God, if, if this was your plan, you wouldn't have made this happen. Yeah. And so I struggled, and I, I really beat myself up a lot and really wrestled with God because I was like, man, I'm so far off of God's vision for my life. 
when in reality, I made a decision, and then consequences ensued with my decision, and then I was, but I was always in God's plan with that. I was trying to be righteous, I was trying to be holy, I was trying to, and so I was, like, that wasn't outside of God's plan. It was within His plan, but it was my journey within it. And I think for, um, God has an amazing plan. I think God's plan is so much better than what we sometimes narrow Him into. Um, His plan is so much broader and amazing and powerful. (laughs) And I think if we really learn to accept, man, God's plan is a Incredible, and I want to navigate within it. Yeah. We'll find so much freedom. Yeah. We'll find so much. We'll, we'll find just so much, uh, just power and freedom within that. Yeah. Um, and uh, but when we try and put God in a little box and, and make God come into our dream, well, then we really mm. we, we, we we enslave ourselves mm. uh, to some sort of structure that mm. we think He's put us in. Yeah. Well, but when we realize God, man, God wants you to live an incredible, awesome life where you're bringing people closer to Him and living holy and separate in, in your very nature. And everything else within that is awesome. Man, you're going to fly like eagles. Yeah. You're going to do things you never could have imagined. You're going to go places and, and you're going to live with freedom because you know that God's got your back because you're living in His dream. You're living in His vision for you. And, uh, and so nothing's going to stop you from being able to complete that vision because there's freedom there. You know, I hopefully, this, you know, my, I, this is kind of some very broad, I know Jay's right now going to just talk about some specifics with this, and, but uh, let's really find and catch God's dream and, and really, uh, really take it as our own. Yeah. So, Amen. 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 I definitely appreciate everything that Kendall said. And what's going to happen is you're going to hear a lot of things that um, are going to be repetitive, right, in this. Mm-hmm. But um, let me ask you guys a question. Do any of you guys currently feel that you have kingdom dreams? Okay? Awesome. Let me hear a couple of them. Anybody? Mm-hmm. Just let me hear them. Um... Can you explain what kingdom dream as in like traveling as a mission trips and stuff like that? Anything that you feel is a kingdom dream. I'm not even going to define it. Just well, tell me what you think is a kingdom dream. Um, being able to stay in a country for like two years or multiple years and uh, advance, maybe start a church there like Japan mm. or something like that. Or, Amen. Or, or in China. Amen. So. I, want, I want to see like a self-supporting culture where Christians can be I like I like creative stuff, mm. so I want to see like a culture where we can be creative and like Christians just support each other. Like mm. we don't even have to go in the world. The world's coming to us. Like we're already self-supporting because if every Christian support each other, mm-hmm. then we don't need the world. Like the mm. world needs us. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So Come that's cool. on, that's cool. Talk about that. Yeah. So I really want like the younger guys at Georgia State just to feel like loved and like believed in, so like they can like take like what's about to be given to them like when the seniors graduate. Mm-hmm. We got some young hot shots at Georgia State. I see you over there, Graham. Um, <laughs> uh, so I just want them to feel like they can like really like you know, just like take on like the not the burden but like 
It's not a burden. It's not a burden. The burden is light. Yeah, the yoke is easy. Light. I got you. I got you. Um, so like the, the responsibility. That's yeah. the Okay. Yeah. Okay. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Anybody else want to share? Um, I don't know. I feel like I'd really like to work with teens and just like be able to help the teen ministry mm. uh, at our church and even just um, you know the teens that I work with at Swamp. You know, I'd like to be able to get in Bible studies with them. Awesome. Mm. Awesome. Anyone Amen. else? I'd really like to see my campus men just show the women in our campus how much we love them. Come on. Come on, bro. Come on. I love that. Anyone else? Something like that. Uh, I don't know. I see everyone here being married with a strong and spiritual sister. Yeah. <laughs> bro, I commend all of you guys. I love that because all those things... Right, those are kingdom dreams. That's putting God first. That's putting His kingdom first. That's putting the, your sisters first. That's putting your brothers first. That's putting people first. That's putting the churches first. Right? That's what I'm talking about, right? Because that goes beyond talking about like, oh, I want to be an NFL player. Oh my God, jeez, man. Alright, that's, that's, that's cool and everything. <laughs> but what about the kingdom of God? Right? What about our Creator God? Who created us and made us? What about His people? Right? What about, what about all that He's done for us? How do we show gratitude for all of that? Right? What about our dreams... Aligning with his dreams for us. Mm -hmm. Right? That is what is important. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, I don't, I cannot conceive God creating me or creating any one of us to have dreams that don't align with his. Mm -hmm. That he would create us to say, I'm creating you so that you can be great at hockey. That's my purpose for you. Like, I'm creating you so that you can be a good athlete. No. I'm creating you so that you can be excellent at building my kingdom yeah. and helping me advance my kingdom and, and having people worship me. Yeah. That is why I'm creating you. Well, if you want to play hockey, that's great. That's all good. I'll give you some talent so you can do that. So you can actually use hockey to advance my kingdom. But prime, the primary reason I create you is for me. The primary reason I create you is for my dream. To advance my kingdom. I love the passage that... Kendall Ephesians 3.20 Now to him who is able to do immeasurably immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to whose power? His power. Not our own, but his power that is at work within us. God can do amazing things among us, guys. 
God's dreams are way bigger than our dreams. Any dream yep. that you think you can have or imagine, his dreams are bigger. Yep. Any dream you think you can have for his kingdom, the dreams that you just mentioned for his kingdom, his dreams for you for his kingdom are bigger. Far more bigger than your dreams. Like you may say, man, I want to I wanna do amazing things on campus for God. God's like, okay, guess what? I can help you to do bigger things on campus. Like you cannot imagine the things that I can have you do on campus. He's like, your dreams are small, buddy. They're tiny. I created you. I know what you can do. I want you to dream bigger. It's amazing what God can have us do. But here's the thing, though. Our dreams have to align with His. Our dreams must align with God's dreams. And what if, what if God's dream for you doesn't present itself right away? What if God's dream for you, doesn't present itself right away? What if you don't recognize God's dream for you right away? What do you do? Do you give up? Do you change your mind? you say, oh, you know what? This just ain't happening. Huh? I thought that was a literal question. I, no, I <laughs> no, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Answer. Oh, I was, it makes me think a lot about Moses. Okay. And how Moses ran away for 40 years. And it's easy to look at a moment like that and be like, oh, well, like, he's running away from God's plan. And yet, I wonder, like, how much of Moses running away for those 40 years was God working on his heart so he could be better prepared for his dream later? Amen. Because that's where I'm going, right? <laughs> that is exactly where I'm going. Because what do you do during that time? What do you do, do, do during that time? We, we're thinking, man, I got these dreams, Right? And we're thinking, maybe my dreams align with God's. Right? Maybe. But we're, we're still waiting to see. But what do we do during that time? Do you know how to wait for God and His dream for you? Because you know what? As human beings, we're not good at waiting. <laughs> we are not good at waiting. Right? We want everything now. Like you even think about, you know, some of you guys may not know this, right? But, but you know, we, we think about like, you ever heard like the real estate market, right? Yep. People see a house and they're like, oh, I got to have that house now. It's a buyer's market. I got to have it now. I don't got the money, but I got to have the house now. <laughs> right. I got to have that car now. Some of us walk into Best Buy, we go, oh man, I got to have that iPad now. I got to have that computer now. Don't have much money. Maybe I'll go get it on credit. Because <laughs> oh, yes. I gotta have it now. Right? Gotta have them Jordans. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right? Right? Because we're we're terrible at waiting. Wow. <coughs> right? Amen. Talk about waiting for a wife. Right? For seven years? No, sorry. Fourteen. Years. Right? Remember that scripture? 
<laughs> oh, here you go, Tank Leia. Oh, no. Work, work for me for seven more years and I'll give you the right one. Right? Fourteen years! Right? Poor Jacob is right. Right? We are terrible at waiting. But see, the problem with waiting is that we don't get to, to know the whole story. Wow. Yeah. Right? We want to know the whole story and how things end up. So what do you do while you wait? And so let me tell you guys a little bit about my story. So I became a disciple in 1996. I wasn't born yet. I became a disciple in 1996, right? And uh, yeah, show my age. And um, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And right after I became a disciple, right in 1997, I went into ministry, and I started leading the singles. So this was pretty quick. Started leading the singles with a few brothers, um, uh, Renzo Manaya, Matt Newberg, Blake Gentile. Um, all these guys are presently leaders. Um, and uh, yeah, Blake Gentile. <laughs> Gentile indeed. And, um, <laughs> And so, um, and so, after I led for about, it was, it was close to a year, um, a brother from Jamaica, my family's from Jamaica, a brother from Jamaica who was leading at the time, came and asked me to go back to Jamaica and do the ministry in Jamaica. So I left for a lot of that, went to Jamaica to lead um, at the end of around 1997, and um, was there leading in Jamaica for close to a year, and got sick. Got like real sick. I was leading from my bed. And um, I remember talking to Damien Jean-Baptiste, who at, at currently is the late Damien Jean-Baptiste. His son is actually here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matthew is actually here. Um, and um, I was living with them at the time, babysitting Matthew sometimes. <laughs> And, um, but yeah, so I was leading from my bed, and I remember talking to David, I'm like, bro, I can't do this from my bed. And, uh, and came out of the ministry shortly after getting married uh, to my wife, some of you guys know Claudette, and uh, decided to come back to the States, you know, come back to the U.S. to get treatment, so we moved back. <laughs> And so I got treatment, got better, and took a job in marketing. And let me tell you, man, when I was working, I felt like, I, it, was, it was my dream to go back in ministry. I loved ministry. I loved leading in God's church. And I felt like when I was working, I felt like, Man, I was uncomfortable in my own skin, man. Mm. I felt like this was just not what I was supposed to be doing. Mm. I was successful at what I was doing. I made a lot of money at what I was doing. You know, we weren't struggling. Nothing like that, right? I, I excelled at my job. I made disciples at my job, right? Mm -hmm. I did well at my job. I grew spiritually, 
I preached. Yeah. Right? Remember I said, what do you do when you wait? Right? I made disciples. But I was unhappy. Mm. Right? Because my, I, that was not my dream. Do you know how long I did that? Don't Take a guess. It. Don't say 15 years. <laughs> Take a guess. 20. 20? Fifteen. And you said fourteen? I said fifteen. Fifteen years. I did that for fifteen uh, years. Wow. But during that fifteen years of being unhappy at what I did for a living, I made disciples. I preached. I led teens. I led singles. Right? And I did God's work mm. with everything in me. I love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my strength. And I love my neighbor as myself. That's what you do when you wait for God's dream. That's what you do when you wait for God's dream. Amen. See, the thing is, like I said, we don't know how to wait. We think that God has to give us what we need now, today. Guys, we need to learn how to wait. There's only one man who lived his life knowing the whole story, and that's Jesus. <coughs> and even so, right before he was to die, in the agony of knowing what was going to happen, asked the Father to take this cup from him. And still he declared, yet not my will, but yours. Mm -hmm. Romans 5, 3 through 5, it says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. Character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has poured out into our hearts yeah. through the Holy Spirit. Who has mm. been given to us. Yeah. Romans 5, 3 through 5. Yeah. And so we trust God, we serve, we persevere because hope does not put us to shame. Yes. Mm. Psalm 37, 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Patiently. Isaiah 25, 9 says, On that day it will be said, Look, this is our God. We have waited for Him. And He has saved us. This is the Lord. We have waited for Him. Let us rejoice and be glad in His salvation. So we got to be still. we got to be patient. This is the time. This is what we, what we got to do, guys. we gotta, we got to wait for God. Wait for his dream. Wait for him to reveal his dream for mm. us. He has a dream for every one of us. Yeah. He dreams for every one of us. But we gotta wait for him to reveal that dream. Mm -hmm. Don't be impatient. Don't be impatient and jump to what you think his, his dream for you should be. Wait for it. Because I'm telling you, his dream for you is better 
than what you think your dream should be. Yep. Yeah. It is always better. At the end of that 15 years, Scott Kirkpatrick in Columbia called me and said, Bro, I think you need to go back into ministry. And I said, Hey, man, you know what? I think I'm ready. I've been waiting 15 years. <laughs> and he says to me, and he says, well, I need you to go on some interviews. Here's some churches. And I started interviewing, man, and some of the interviews I went on, oh, man, I just wasn't feeling it, though. Right? And then he, ca then he calls me and says, hey, bro, there's this church in Alabama, in Huntsville, Alabama. And I said, bro, I was in Orlando. And I said, bro, I ain't going to Alabama. <laughs> I said, what's, what's next on the list? <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, bro, humble out. Go check out Alabama. And I looked at my wife. I'm like, babe, Scott wants us to go check out Alabama. She's like, I ain't going to Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, babe, humble out. <laughs> She's like, even after I said that, she's like, I said I ain't going to Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it took some pursuing, and we went, and we interviewed there, and man, we just fell in love with the city, we fell in love with the people and the church, and we're in Huntsville, Alabama now, man. Amen. It's a great church, we love it, we love the people there, and we're just having the time of our life, right? But it was the right time. It was God's time. It wasn't our time. It was God's timing. And so I encourage you guys to wait for God's dream. You know, here's my other question. How much time do I have? You got like three minutes. Three minutes, okay. What if, what if you don't even understand his dream for you? And what, if he, what if he reveals his dream but you don't even understand it? What if you're like, huh, what, Huntsville, Alabama? What are you talking about, God? Right? Here's the thing. There are so many examples of, of God's people trusting his plan for their lives even though they had no clue yeah. what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Could Abraham have understood what God called him out into <coughs> unknown places? Right? Could, I'm, I'm sorry, could Abraham have understood when God called him out into unknown places the full extent of God's promise to him to be a blessing to all people and how God, God's promise would be revealed? How he would become a patriarch of the faith and a part of the lineage of Christ? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Probably didn't understand that. Could Job have known his faithfulness to God in the midst of the most intense pain and losses was a part of a war battling in the heavenly realm. Could he have possibly seen how his honest wrestling with God would bring comfort and hope to Christians for generations to come? Probably not. How about Rahab? Could Rahab have known that her small act of faith to provide a place of safety for God's people would not only spare her and her family's life and that the red cord 
that uh, she, she was instructed to hang from her window, literally meaning hope would point to the one to come who would save the world. And she too would be a part of the lineage of Christ. Probably not. And I could go on and on of the faithfulness of God's people to trust in Him, even when they didn't understand the whole picture. And there's so many examples of that in Hebrews 11. Tons of examples. And then I encourage you to read Luke 1 about Mary. <coughs> Mary, the mother of Jesus. When the angel says to her that she is going to give birth to the Son of God. Right? Can you imagine what she must have, must have said? Like, huh? <laughs> like, like, what did you say? Like, what? Like, her whole world is about to change. You know, Mary exemplified what the Apostle Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12, when he, dis when he discusses the body of Christ. In verse 12 he says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, mm -hmm. so it is with Christ. In verse 18 it says, But in fact God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as He wanted them to be. Just as God chose Mary to bring His Son into the world, He has a role for each one of us to play in, in His great plan. Our role may be big, or it may be small. It may bring attention to us, or it may go unnoticed. People may see your role and say, man, awesome job. People may not even see your role. Yeah. They may not even recognize it. They may not even give you a pat on the back. Mm -hmm. But whatever, whatever call or plan God places on our lives, like Mary, we must embrace it. Yep. Knowing that we exist not to magnify or bring attention to ourselves, but to magnify the Lord God our Creator. Yeah. That mm -hmm. is the dream we wait for. Amen? Amen. Amen. God be the glory, guys. Amen. All right, let's, uh, can you pray? And yeah. Then and then we'll be dismissed? Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's pray, guys. Heavenly Father, we come to you in prayer, God, just so grateful for, uh, for loving us so much, Father, that you dream for us, God. God, I pray that, that we will be patient enough uh, and self-controlled enough to wait for your dream for us, Father. Father, I know that in our hearts we have dreams, God, and then, and we have dreams for ourselves, Father, but I pray that our dreams will align with yours. Father, we know that your dream for us is magnificent, God. So much better than we can dream for ourselves. Our understanding of us and our understanding of you and the world we live in is so minute compared to your understanding, God. 
God, I pray that we rely fully on you and surrender uh, completely to you, Father. Yeah. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we're all heading down to the old barn. And uh, Jamie says he has all the answers to any questions you have. Guys, <laughs> let's